about getting saved, you had not never got lost. But if the Holy Spirit has ever taken you and hung you over hell and let you see where your destination is and ever took you to Calvary and shown you the price for your salvation and come to a place of forgiveness and listen, you being set free, you'll be happy the rest of your days. Amen. Amen. Turn in your Bibles to Exodus chapter number 14. Exodus chapter number 14. Johnny, you want this thing? It's, I don't use this newfangled stuff. Amen. All right. Exodus chapter number 14. And do, do we have any ladies in the house? Oh, that's pitiful. I ain't going to lie. That was a pitiful effort. I said, do we have any ladies in the house? That's better. That's better. Hey, listen I, want, I, listen, I want all the ladies to get signed up. All the ladies, get registered. We have our ladies' conference coming up. I think right now we have, I think, about 410 signed up already. And, and, and listen, we're shooting for 500. So if you haven't signed up, please get signed up before you leave here. All right? If you don't sign up, you've got to take me to dinner. Amen. Get signed up. And I'm very expensive. Amen. No, seriously, this is going to be an incredible, incredible conference. I, I, people have asked, is, is there any cost? There's no cost to this. You don't have to, you don't, there's no cost whatsoever. Just get registered, get signed up. I, I promise you, you're going to love the speaker. Untold stories. Boy, how many untold stories do we have in the house? things that people have gone through and dealt with and it's going to be an encouragement to you so please please get signed up I think I think if I'm correct there is a table at every exit right can anybody help me with that is Miss Tina in here I think she's at one of the tables is that true a table at every exit so make sure and get signed up and and we'll enjoy that I tell you what I tell you what y'all been staying up a long time and I got a lot of reading to do so sit down sit down sit down in the house you, 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 can, you, can, you can put a rest on it, all right? It, it, it is good to be back home. I tell you what, I miss it when I'm not home. It, it, this is the best place I love to be. And I, it gets a little aggravating when you're trying to watch live stream and the thing cuss out on you, amen? I, I tell you, that's how you make a preacher say a bad word, amen? Don't let him watch church like he wants to. Now, if you've, if you've uh, watched that, and I'm kidding about the bad word. I didn't say no bad word. I seen some, did you hear what he said? Uh, th- there is a, through Facebook, when we do our, our Facebook Live, uh, sometimes we'll, we'll sing a song or we'll play a song like we did last week uh, with the kids doing their signing. And, uh, and there's copyright laws that Facebook won't let go through. Now, we have our license, so don't worry about that. We, we, we pay for a license so we can sing the songs we want to sing and use the songs we use and all. Uh, but sometimes through Facebook, they'll have a thing and it'll cut it out. So it's not, it's not our live stream going out. It's Facebook doing their thing. So if that, if that catches you like that, don't say a bad word. Say it's Facebook, all right? All right, Exodus chapter number 14. I want you to say this with me before we read, uh, because this is really important. This is really important. Uh, I I want you to look at your neighbor and say, it's not always the devil. Say it again. How, How many times, how many times do we in our Christian life, when we run into a situation, when we run into a problem, and automatically, automatically we blame the devil? Boy, I tell you what, the devil's been on my back this week. How many of y'all have felt like that this week? 
Mm-hmm. And automatically, we, sometimes we give the devil way too much credit. And there's an important reason why I'm telling you that this morning. Uh, keep that in your head. And to, when we get toward the end, you'll understand what I'm going at here and what we're trying to accomplish. All right. Exodus chapter number 14 in verse number 1. It says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Now, now, now keep in mind, uh, they have been delivered. They're, they're out of bondage. Uh, uh, they have come out of Egypt with a strong hand. And, and, and they are being led by God. This is immediately... Immediately when they've come out of Egypt. So they have just been delivered. If that makes sense, say amen. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speaking to the children of Israel, that they turn and encamp before Pahiharoth, between Migdal and the sea, over against Baal Zephon. Before it shall ye encamp by the sea. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, They are entangled in the land. The wilderness hath shut them in. And... Come on, everybody. And I, this is God. He's saying, I, I will harden Pharaoh's heart that he shall follow after them. And I will be honored upon Pharaoh and upon all his hosts that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. I want them to know that I am the Lord. And they did so. And it was told the king of Egypt that the people fled. The heart of Pharaoh and of his servants was turned against the people. And they said, why have we done this? That we have let Israel go from serving us. And he made ready his chariots and took his people with him. And he took 600 chosen chariots and all the chariots of Egypt and the captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And he pursued after the children of Israel. Say that with me. He he pursued after the children of Israel, and the children of Israel went out with a high hand. That means what that means, it says when they went out with a high hand, it means they went out confidently. They went out, listen, with excitement. In other words, when they come out of Egypt, it was, woo! They come out feeling, feeling victorious. If that, if that makes sense, say amen. We've done it. We've been liberated. We've been free. They came out with all the confidence and excitement and joy and happiness in the world. That didn't last long. But the Egyptians pursued after them. How many of y'all have left church on a Sunday with a high hand and found out the devil was pursuing you on Monday? Amen? Watch this. Watch this. All the horses and the chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army, and they overtook them in camping by the sea beside Pahi. Man, I've, I've tried, I've practiced this word all week long. Amen. Pahiharoth before Baal Zephon. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid. Isn't that somehow our emotions can change in a moment? And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. And they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us, to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? In other words, just let us remain slaves. For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. I tell you what, they didn't have that phrase, Give me liberty or give me death, did they? They had a slave mentality. They had a slave mentality. Sometimes Christians still have a slave mentality. It'd be better to work in bondage than it would to be free. 
I'd rather die and be free. Say amen. amen. Listen. And Moses said unto the people, Fear not. Say it with me. Fear ye not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he shall show you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel. Say this with me, and we'll pray. That they go... Say it again. That they go... Lord, thank you for your blessings, your mercy, and your grace. Thank you for the privilege and the honor it is to be in a place that's full of worship and full of praise and full of of anticipation of you speaking to them. Lord, I pray that nobody will leave here disappointed. I pray that you'll use my mouth as a mouthpiece. I pray that, Lord, you will be glorified. I pray that you'll be magnified, and I pray the saints will be edified. And, Lord, we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. I, I, I titled this first, I titled this first, uh, Welcome to the Christian Life. Welcome to the Christian Life. I, I, I talked with uh, Brother Buchanan. Uh, it, it, some of y'all are not familiar with Brother Buchanan. Most of y'all are. He is our campus pastor out at, at, at the Fairview campus. And, uh, and, and, and he's been in this thing now a little over a year, I guess a year and a half. And, and I can't tell you how many times he's come to me and said, Man, I tell you what, I didn't know it was going to be like. It's amazing the difference between that seat and the big seat. <clears throat> When everything stops at your desk and you are responsible for everything, it changes everything. I tell you what, it's amazing how good we can tell what a quarterback should do sitting on our couch. And it's a whole lot different when you're the quarterback and you've got 300-pound linebackers chasing you down, wanting to take your life. Are y'all with me? And, I, and this is what, and I just grin, and I just laugh, and I look at Buchanan, and I'll say, welcome to the ministry, son. <laughs> Why do people just, da, 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 da? I said, because they're people. Yeah. Welcome to the ministry. And I use that phrase in this, and I, and I put that as a title. You know, hey, welcome to the Christian life. They come out of Egypt. They're excited. They're happy. They've been delivered. They're no longer slaves. They're no longer in bondage. They no longer have to hit the clock and get up and go and be beaten on and mistreated and and used in a ruthless way. They have been delivered. They have been saved. Now listen, how many of y'all remember when you got saved? I remember, you know the song Johnny was singing? I got saved. Do you remember the freedom you felt? Do you remember the peace you felt? you remember when you knelt down in grief and you knelt down in guilt and you knelt down in shame and you knelt down before God hoping that He would have mercy and grace upon your soul and He washed your sin away, gave you peace in your heart and joy in your soul and you got up and said, I'm saved. I'm on my way to heaven. My name's in the Lamb's book of life. When the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. And then you got to the sea. You come out with a high hand. 
And the devil met you Monday morning. Welcome to the Christian life. Let me tell you what the problem is. There's way too many people listening to TV preachers telling you that if you get saved, everything's going to be great from here on out. It's going to be nothing but prosperity, nothing but blessings, nothing but favor, the divine favor of God. You'll have all your bills paid and everything will be great. You'll walk it. Tell that to the disciples. Listen, just all of them gave their life for Christ. Some boiled in oil, some uh, decapitated, some were skinned alive. Talk to Fox's Book of Martyrs, read that. that. Something don't jive with their message on TV in reality. And sometimes we do, though. We, we, we're saved and everything's supposed to work right now. The kids are supposed to act like somebody. The dog's supposed to like me now. And the bills are supposed to always be paid and all of this stuff. How I many of y'all know it didn't take too long for reality to sit in? Now, I want to show you something that God showed me out of this story. I got an outline, four points, a bunch of subs and all that, but I just want to walk through this and just talk through this, and you can write down whatever you feel like writing down, all right? I want you to see number one. I want you to see the circumstances they face. They're just out of Egypt. Man, I'm telling you, they haven't even even put the bulletin away from leaving church yet. Say amen. I mean, they're just out of Egypt. They're saved. They're delivered. They they come out with a high hand. They're excited. They've got joy, anticipation. We're going to the promised land. Now, watch how this works. And you got it. This is so important that you see this. If you look in the very first few verses, you'll find out that God specifically told Moses where to go and where to camp. And he led them with a pillar of a cloud. You remember? A pillar of a cloud during the day and a pillar of fire at night. And he was specifically telling them where to go. And guess what? They went exactly where God told them to be. In other words, they were in the perfect will of God. They were where God told them to be, where God wanted them to be. Now watch this, watch this. We're coming out of Egypt, and now all of a sudden, in front of us is an immovable object. We've got an obstacle now. We've got, what do we have? We have an impossible situation. Say that with me. We have a... And all of a sudden, in front of us, we have an impossible situation, and we turn around. And there's our past pursuing us again. How many of you, how many of you realize that not long after you're saved, your past still wants to chase you down? Past temptations, past relationships, past issues, past weaknesses, past struggles, past temptations. All of these things wanting to pull you back to where you used to be. What is the reality? What is the reality of the Christian life? What is the reality? What, what is true? I know what people portray it to be. and what pe- How many of y'all know everybody's got an idea of what things are? And how many of y'all realize most of the time that's wrong? Let me tell you what the Christian life is all about. An obstacle in front of you and a past behind you. So we have an, immo- an immovable object. 
We have an impossible situation. So if you're writing this in your notes, it, it, just to put it, you have a problematic present and a pursuing past. How many of y'all know that's true? A problematic present. It could be family issues. It could be financial issues. It could be issues with your children, issues with your spouse, issues at work, what, whatever it might be. It is a problem. It is things that make you stay up at night, things that bring tears to your eyes, things that bring stress to your soul, and you're sitting here wondering what in the world is going on. I'm a believer. I've trusted in God. He said he would never leave me nor forsake me. He'd be, listen, closer than a brother. Why am I dealing with this? Amen. Come on, let's be honest this morning. This stuff don't do us no good unless we're honest. You wonder, what's God doing to me? What, what is this all about? And then you turn around and there's that struggle. Here it comes again. A problematic present and a pursuing past. That's the reality of our circumstances. That's the reality of the real Christian life. But not only the reality of our circumstances. I want you to see the responses. <clears throat> I want you to see the responses. Don't nobody get offended. <clears throat> if you're writing this down, just write these notes down and then we'll talk about it. First, there's worry and then there's whining. <clears throat> Say it with me. Y'all didn't sound too enthusiastic about that. Come on, everybody. First there is, and then there is, whining. That's a far cry from coming out with a high hand. They're going from amen to oh me. I, y'all, y'all look so spiritual this morning. Y'all, y'all, I know who I'm talking to. Why did you take us out here? What? Now see, they didn't have this conversation a few hours before that. Yeah. Or a day before that. Listen, when they was coming out, we're delivered, we're saved. No more bondage, no more chains, no more bricks, no more pyramids. Hey! And now, when you got a problem in front of you and a past behind you, now you want to say, we told you to leave us alone. Yeah, I'm preaching now. When everything's going good and everything's right and all the bills are paid and all the kids are not sick, they're all well and healthy and everything's going fine, we'll sing in church. We'll sing what a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him and heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. One little problem. Why me, Lord? Right? They said, and now think about this. Think about this. The devil was so good at what he did <clears throat> in convincing us after we run into a problem. And I, I, I'm, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure it's not as much the devil as much as it's our own flesh. Amen. You know what? It, it convinced them. We, had, we were better off in Egypt. Really? <laughs> really? You were better off in Egypt? You were better off eating leeks and garlics. Come on. 
You were better off with whips on your back. You were better off being under a taskmaster, being in bondage and slavery. Well, what was that 400 years of begging God to deliver you then? What's the point? Sometimes after we're saved and we run into that immovable object in front of us, that problem, that issue that we're facing, that it's impossible, we don't know what we're going to do, immediately we start thinking, well, I was better off when... Isn't it amazing when you, when you go into something that you don't understand and you're a little bit confused about, the first thing you do is like Peter and say, oh, I'm just going back fishing. The devil will always make us think that what we had before is better than what we have now. But not till we run into a problem. A- am I speaking to anybody today? Look at their circumstances. But then... I want you to see this. And I, I've never seen this in this story. I've never seen this in this story till this week. I want you to see their comforter. I want you to see their comforter. Moses speaks up. <clears throat> Moses speaks up. And he said, hey, man, hey, 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 calm down, everybody. Calm down there. Fear not. Hey, chill out, everybody. Don't, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Now, who was Moses. Now think about this. Moses was a guide. Say that with me. Moses was a guide. That was sent from God to guide the children of Israel to the promised land. Y'all with me? Now what's he doing right here? What's he doing right here? He's comforting them. What is, if you've been coming to the Bible study on Wednesday night, you'll find out, you'll find out, In John 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17, you'll find out that God has given us a guide. God has given us a, watch this, this is what he's called. This is what he's called, a comforter. A comforter. And what is Moses doing? It's all right. Fear not. Now what, how many of y'all are glad that when God saved you, he gave you a guide and a comforter? Man, this is good. He says, the battle is the Lord's. He says, stand still. I wondered about that. What, what, what is this? Listen, they were, they were being tempted to flee. They were being tempted to run for their lives. And he is saying, stand still. Don't run. Don't quit. Don't give up on God. I know it looks bad. I know it looks impossible. I know what's behind us is coming. But stand still. I'm so glad we have a Holy Spirit. I'm so glad we have a comforter. I'm so glad that God has given us a guide to walk with us through this trial we're facing. He does two things. If you're writing them down, he does two things. He encourages. He encourages. He says, fear not. Not only does he encourage... He exhorts. The word exhort means to give advice, to give counsel. He says, stand still and see. Say that with me. Stand still and see. That's a key word. That's a key word. And at the end of the sermon, message, not a sermon. Sermon in Webster's Dictionary, boring speech is not a sermon. Say amen. (laughs) It's a message. He said, stand still and see. 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 Now, they done saw something. If you remember, the Bible said they lifted up their eyes and they saw Pharaoh coming. And what they saw there caused great fear 
great worry, which, in, which produced great whining. And then he said this, buckle your seatbelts, folks. In his exhortation, his message to them, his advice to them. You know what he said? You know what he said? Hold your peace. Let me translate that. Shut up. I'm just speaking on a language we understand. Shh. Hush. You know, let me, let me, let me say it like this. Quit your whining. You me tell you why some of us haven't found deliverance in our life? We won't quit whining. We whine all the time. And we're whining to everybody. Woe is me, oh me, oh my, oh me. And what God is saying, hush. Hush. I don't know why our mouth affects our eyes. It does, though. How many of y'all recognize that when your mouth is running, your eyes ain't working? <clears throat> you say, how do you know that? Because when you're steady whining, you don't, you're not able to see what God's fixing to do. Hold your peace. Look at your neighbor and say, hush. Now look at him and say, and see. You can't see till you hush. That's most of our problems if we're going to be honest. Come on, everybody. So I done lost some of you right there. Tell me to hush. Come on, let's be honest a minute. Can we be honest for about 37 seconds? Hey, how many of us, sometimes we whine too much, complain. Moses, now watch this. Moses says, hold your peace. And then God says right after that, in the next verse, you know what God says? Why are you crying? So God is supporting the message of Moses, which is a type of the Holy Spirit. What's the point? Let's quit whining. Yeah, you got a bad situation. Yeah, you're looking at something impossible. Yes, you got bad news. Yes, you're worried and you're afraid. I understand that. But maybe God wants you to hush so you can see something. He exhorts them. We saw, what did we say? We saw the circumstances. We saw the comforter. Now look at the command. The command. Be quiet. See, I, I, I touched it up in the outline. I, 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 I helped you there. Say it with me. Come on. Say it again. Say it again. Be quiet. You know what? That may be the only message some of y'all need to hear today. Why won't God talk to me? Because you won't be quiet. He can't get a word in edgewise. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I missed a Sunday and two Wednesdays. I'm just all pent up inside. <laughs> Sometimes we're so busy telling God our problems and what we're going through and what we don't like 
And when we're getting through, and this is happening, and that's happening, and God, I have this, and I have that, and in Jesus' name, amen. And, and, and God, God is like this, and he's listening, and I'm so, aren't you glad he listens? And he's listening, and, and, and he said, man, I've got an answer for you, and, 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 just, as soon as you, and just as soon as you're quiet, I'm going to give it to you, and, 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 and Amen. And we don't give him a chance because we won't be quiet. Watch what he says. He says, be quiet. Why Christ after me? Then he says, tell the people to go. Go. Make progress. Make progress. Move. Say it with me. Move. Say it with me. Move. Say it with me. Move. Move. Make progress. You say, well, preacher, well, preacher, there's a sea in front of them. How are we going to make progress? God's fixing to tell you. Let me, let me lay this out. This is really not in the notes, but, but, but this is so good. This is so good right here. When you have an immovable object in front of you, you've got a problem you can't solve. You've got an issue you can't fix. The greatest thing you can do and the way you go forward is learn to be quiet and listen. Because God is fixing to tell you what to do. The reason why some of us can't go forward is we've been too busy whining about our circumstances and our situation and we haven't stopped long enough to listen so God can give us instructions about going. Amen. He tells them exactly what to do. And guess what, guys? Guess what? It worked. It worked. They held... The rod, the sea split. The sea split. They come across. Matter of fact, let me just go through this because some of y'all haven't never read the story. The cloud of fire is in front of them leading. And right before Pharaoh got to them, it came up and the pillar of fire came and went behind them and created a shield all night long and kept them in darkness amazing it's what it says now think about this how does fire create darkness but it created light for the nation of Israel and all night the wind blew all night the wind blew and it created a path of dry ground that two million people Crossed over. Dry ground. Y'all hear me? Dry ground. You know why? They listened to the instructions and followed them. Some of you have been in front of a sea for months and months and maybe even years. But you haven't stopped whining long enough about it to get some instructions on what to do. But if you'll follow instructions, they go across on dry ground. Now watch what else comes happening. I got a last point, but I just need to tell the story. They're across. They're across. Now if me and you worked this thing out, we would have kept the fire there, let everybody get across, 
brought all the sea back together, removed the fire, and said, nah, 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 nah. Right? But God don't do that. Listen, the nation of Israel is almost all the way across. And God moves the shield. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'd have been thinking, I'd say, whoa, a little early. Wait a minute, God, we're not through yet. Hold on. How many of you have been in your life, and it seems like God is answering your prayers, but he don't answer them all the way? Or not exactly the way we asked. Now, wait a minute, Lord. Wait, 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 wait. Hey, 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 what are you doing? What are you doing? Why are you moving the shield? We're not all the way across yet. Here they come. And boy, did they. Here they come. They're coming through, and they're still pursuing. But watch what happens. Watch what happens. The nation of Israel gets across. And God calls a thunderstorm. I've, I've never read this my whole entire life. And I was studying it this week. And you will find out, if you'll go read in the book of Psalms, God causes a thunderstorm, lightning, rain. What does the Bible say? What does the Bible say that the, the nation of Israel came across on? Dry ground. But when they were come across, God calls the rain to create mud in the seabed. And the chariots came through. And because of the mud and the terrain, it caused the wheels to come off. Read it, it's there. Listen, every single one of the Egyptians, God killed them all. Watch this. But the important thing, look in verse number, verse number 28. Come on, hurry, 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 hurry. Verse number 28. You there? And the waters returned... And covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the host of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. There remained not so much as one. Not one. Every one of them. Watch this. But the children of Israel walked upon dry land in the midst of the sea. And the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. Watch this now. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel, come on, say it again, Saul. Let me back up. You stay there. You stay there. Moses is a type of the Holy Spirit speaking to them. Fear ye not, stand still, and see. Come on, and see. The Bible says here in verse number 30, Thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw. Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. And Israel, verse 31, and Israel, come on, and Israel saw that great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians. You can't see when you're whining. Listen, let me say this. The last point, I want you to see the conclusion. 
We saw the circumstances, and, and don't shut your mind. And when you, sometimes when y'all go to folding up, you just check out on me. You're ready for, uh, uh, I can't say Shoney's no more. <clears throat> you're ready for Cracker Barrel. I got people traveling all over the country sending me pictures of Shoney's from all over the nation. Amen. So I got proof it's real. Amen. Listen, there was the circumstances. There was the comforter. There was the command. Shh. Go forward. Then the conclusion. This is the whole point of the, the message. It's a great story. I love seeing where God delivers his people, don't you? Amen. How many of y'all are glad that God is a conquering God? Yeah. God is a delivering God. God is a prayer answering God. Hallelujah. We got the God on our side. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. The God that split the Red Sea is the God that walks with me. The God that, listen, destroyed Pharaoh and the Egyptians. He's the God that I pray to every single morning. Listen, the God that did all of those things, he's my friend. And that's awesome. But that's not the point of the story. It's not. Thank God for it. I love reading the Old Testament. The Bible says the Old Testament is for our edification. It is for our education. It is for us to see and to learn and to grow, right? Say amen. amen. So, oh, God killed the Egyptians for the nation of Israel so they can be saved. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. God had a bigger plan. God had a bigger plan. Say that with me. God had a bigger plan. You preach, I got big problems. And that just means God has a big plan. Let me prove it. Go back to verse 1. Go back to verse 1. I promise you, I'm going to hurry. This is it. This is it. This is going to make so much sense. You're going to thank the Lord. You're going to be so glad you came today. Chapter 14, verse 1. And the Who's initiating the conversation? All right. Who's up to something? Come on. The Lord. He spake unto Moses, speaking to the children of Israel, that they turn and encamp. He tells them exactly where to camp. In other words, the nation of Israel is exactly where God told them to go. Let's put it this way. They were in God's perfect will. Wake up, everybody. Wake up now. They're in God's perfect will. They're exactly where he said to go. Watch now. Verse 3. Pharaoh will say unto the children of Israel, they are entangled in the land. The wilderness has shut them in. And, come on, and I. Who's that? The Lord. It's God. I will harden Pharaoh's heart that he shall follow after them. And I will be honored upon Pharaoh. And upon all his hosts that the Egyptians may know. You with me? You see, this is not even about Israel. This is a vendetta that God has against Egypt. They're going to know that I am the Lord. You say, what about Israel? They just a player in the game. Egypt is going to know that I am the Lord. He says this, I will be honored with the destruction of 
Egypt. Now, there's two things that happen. This is a conclusion I want you to write down. And this is why this is so important. This is, what, this is what's going to help you. First, for alliteration purposes, you can put God, the Lord, Savior, whatever. But I put the sovereign was glorified. The sovereign, the Lord, God, however you want to write that. God was glorified in the situation. If you will listen to the, 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 the TV preachers, you will think that God is all about your comfort. You will think that God is all about your pleasure. And about you having what you desire and you having what you want. Prosperity and overflow and all that other garbage. You will think that God is all about you. And that's not reality. God did not deliver them for the primary purpose of them being saved. God, now, now get this, guys. You got to get this. Do you realize God orchestrated the whole deal? God put together the whole deal. He told them where to go. He, he calls Pharaoh and his army to come out. He split the Red Sea. He set this up. He moved this here. He kept them back. They got across. He come in. Here we go. Boom. Killed every one of them. God orchestrated the whole deal. Why? Because God is about his glory. Now listen. The primary purpose of this whole thing was the glory of God. Say that with me. The primary, come on now. The, say it again. The, in other words, the priority, the most important thing, the very number one thing that took place, the primary purpose of this situation and this deliverance was the glory of God. Now watch. Here's the secondary purpose. Here's the secondary purpose. Look in verse 31. <clears throat> after Israel saw what they saw. After it, let me say it again. After Israel saw what they saw. Verse 31. Everybody there? And Israel saw that great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians. And the people feared the Lord and... Come on. They feared the Lord and... Come on. They feared the Lord and... Two things happened in this situation. God was glorified and the saints were edified. He built their faith. He strengthened their faith. Now, I need everybody to put your pen down for a minute because I'm kind of over time, but I've got to give this to you. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Everybody, pinch your neighbor. If they're sleeping, wake them up, wake them up, wake them up. Not the babies, leave them alone. Amen. <laughs> Watch this. If that problem wasn't present, they would have never had the opportunity to see God do a powerful thing. But because the problem was there, it created an opportunity for God to do something great. It says they saw, say it with me, they saw what? What did they see? The great work of the Lord. Amen. 
What's the point? Maybe we need to stop whining and open our eyes because God is trying to show us a great work. Out of shape people whine, don't we? You put more weight on it. Oh! But you know what? You're not going to get stronger without more weight. Let me tell you something. Let me say this. Man, we need more time. Watch this. When they come out of Egypt, they're just slaves. They're slaves. They're not a trained army. They're not a trained army. They don't have it all together. There's just a group of slaves that's got together. Now there's two million of them, and now they're out in the wilderness. But they're fixing to have to fight. They're fixing to have to come against Jericho. They're fixing to have to go against all the the Canaanites. They're fixing to have battle after battle after battle. And if God doesn't get them ready, I don't know why God's letting me go through this. Maybe God's trying to get you ready. Maybe God wants to be glorified in your life and use you in the process to not only bring glory to Him, but to bring strength and faith to you. What's the point, preacher? Maybe it's time to... Maybe you're facing that Red Sea right now. Maybe you've got that immovable object in front of you, that impossible situation in front of you, that problem that you haven't been able to solve in months and maybe even years. Maybe you're sitting there crying yourself to sleep and there's something that you can't do. Maybe it's time to say, okay, God. When there's things you can do, you need to do them. When there's things you can do, you need to do them. But God will bring you to a place where you can't do anything. And that's when you need to pray this prayer. Y'all with me? This is it. That's when you need to pray this prayer. God, how can you be glorified and me edified in this situation? God... How can you be glorified and me edified in this situation? And then, you ready for this? You ready for this, everybody? Everybody, you got to come, come look at everybody, everybody on the balcony? Everybody looking? Everybody, after you pray that, and see what he says. And there may be something you've been whining about for years that God gives you deliverance. It wasn't till they stopped whining that they were able to see the great work of the Lord. And all God's people say it. Dear Heavenly Father, help us.